All right, everyone. Welcome back to Stories from a Mountain Town. This is your host, Tyler. Um, we are back on Saddle Butte, and today um, we have with us, we have Madison Miller with us today. Um, Madison, welcome. Thank you. And uh, today we do not have any beer. Sadly, Madison does not drink beer as, <laughs> as a nutritionist. Um but today we have just some nice coffee and some water. So we're, we're, this is a healthy Sunday morning podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So Madison, tell the nice people about um, actually like how we got connected. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just strolling through Instagram and mm-hmm. I saw your podcast, the stories from a mountain town. I was kind of looking through some of the clips and yeah. I thought it looked pretty interesting. I love podcasts. So I was like, oh, this looks like something I might want to listen to. Went ahead and um, started following your page, and then yeah, got a message from you, which was really great. <laughs> yeah, I just saw it. Did you see it through um, just like one of the hashtags or from when Snake River posted it? I think it was when Snake River posted it. Yeah, because okay. I was trying to think about how I came across it, and I, yeah. I kind of blinked, but Snake River would make sense. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's what I thought. So I just saw that you followed the, the page, and uh, you know a bunch of people did, so thanks to Snake River for posting that out, because that was great for us. Um, but I saw it and I just happened to click on yours and then it said like entrepreneur or something in your profile. I was like, oh, interesting. Let's see what she does. And yeah. then I looked at some of your, some of your posts and I was like, cool. She has this like nutritionist thing. And it didn't, and it, I saw that you had just launched your website mm-hmm. recently. When was that? Um, I launched my website the beginning of November. Yeah. 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 So I saw that and I was like, okay, there's, I'm, I, I wonder, it's probably just like a little small business type thing. And that's like a lot of the guests on here just kind of have that. Yeah. And and, and some of them are their full-time gigs, some of them not. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, so uh, tell us about um, about your, your business. Like what does it do? I saw on the website it focuses on women's nutrition with an emphasis on um, like balancing hormones. Yeah. Yeah, so I work with females, um, mm-hmm. active females primarily, to balance hormones and then also to align their lifestyle, diet, and performance needs with um, their unique female physiology. So a lot of that goes with educating and getting more of a baseline on understanding your body and how it works through each time of the month. So. Yeah. What, um, what made you want to focus on that? women and the um, hormone part? Yeah, so originally I got into nutrition because I suffered a lot from my own health conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, My whole life I suffered from digestive issues. We went to tons of doctors and no one could figure it out. Mm -hmm. I kind of just walked away with that's just how I am and Mm -hmm. get over it, I guess. Um, And then... A couple of years ago, I started getting into the paleo scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. Started listening to some podcasts. Um, one girl who I really loved was Emily Schramm. She was also a nutritional therapy practitioner. She kind of got me into looking into schools, and I ended up choosing the Nutritional Therapy Association. Um, Is that its own school? It's, its own school, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and just the process of going to school helped me to not only learn how to help others, but also how to help myself. And I was finally able to feel more at peace, know what was wrong with me, what upsets me, and how to combat that and feel healthy, which is like a really great feeling. Yeah. Do you, um, do you follow any of those like 
paleo or I'll just call them fad diets, but like one of those, some of those popular ones? I don't know. I believe in eating real whole foods and eating foods that agree with you and your lifestyle. Yeah. So I think that those fad diets, they can be good, but a lot of times people just let them go to their head a little bit too much. Yeah. They get like married to their belief in the idea and then they're just like fighting every other one. Exactly. And everyone's different. Not everyone should follow the same Mm -hmm. way of eating. So, yeah, I think it's good to keep a more open mindset and just realize that you should eat, like, whole real food, and that's the main priority there. Yeah, yeah, start with whole real food, and then there's very, you can figure out variations based on just how your body reacts to things. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, what agrees with you, and how active you are, and all the above. Calling something vegan, but it being, still being crap, is still eating crap. Yeah. Vegan crap. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've I've been really interested in the idea that, um, like, individually, your body might react better to foods that, like, your ancestors ate. Uh So, like, I'm Irish and Norwegian, so, like, I probably do, I probably do really, really well with, like, fish and, and beer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but things like that, like, look back to, like, you know, your root, your really far back roots and see what they ate and that probably yeah is a good place to start yeah i always find that really interesting because my family's from switzerland mm-hmm. so they ate a lot of cheese and oh, i yeah. can't tolerate cheese at oh. all so i'm like dang it i yeah. wish i would have got that <laughs> yeah that gene but yeah yeah and i look at that with my dogs too like like maverick he's a siberian husky so he can't but any he, he's allergic to like chicken and beef in like if he, he would eat it every day it would upset him uh-huh. which makes sense because he his breed started eating salmon a yeah. lot. So like if he's eating salmon, like he's super good and yeah, doesn't bother him at all. And that makes total sense because that's what his breed is for. Yeah, that's so cool to see that. Yeah, yeah. And so after I started getting back to a baseline of health, um, where the hormones and all that came into play was, I was realizing I was getting really into trail running. And I was realizing some days were, like, so amazing. Like, I felt like I could conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Just just so easy running to the top of that mountain. And other days, like, nothing had changed in my diet or my lifestyle. And it was just so much harder. And I would get so down on myself. Like, what? You made, like, this far and now you're mm-hmm. clear back here. And I started doing some research and realizing, oh, like, as a female there's a lot that comes into play with this and I need to realize where I am and how to work with that. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of got me on that path. Yeah. It's different obviously because I'm not a female, but I, I've, I started, um, really trying to be in tune with how I felt doing, you know, my activities, whether it's like mountain biking or skiing or split boarding or just hiking where I had the same thing. It was like one day I'd feel like I could just, take over the world the next day I was just dogging on the same path yeah and it it made me think like you know I need to actually think about what I'm eating before I'm doing this like a few hours beforehand for for what's actually been digested into my body where I never had to think about that if I was just like you know back in Minnesota there wasn't any sort of the extreme stuff that we do here so you didn't really didn't really come to play yeah figured Mm-hmm. It's just like when you're pushing your body this hard to those extremes. Yeah, you have to it be actually really into. yeah, it actually matters what fuel you have in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so, so talk through like, you know, let's say someone found your website and did a little contact contact me 
page or something like that, sent some info in and said, you know, help me out. What would be like the first few steps of, of how you would help them? And like, what would you do to, to help them? Yeah. So how I would go about it is, um, we do something called the NAC. It's the nutritional, um, assessment questionnaire. It kind of just goes through a baseline of, um, like questions about, do you feel bloated after you eat or mm -hmm. like, do you have certain skin rashes or like just random questions like that? And it'll just give a baseline on what nutrients you might be deficient in, what areas of the body might be experiencing a little dysfunction, maybe your stomach, your liver, your gallbladder, um, maybe your blood, blood sugar is out of whack, which for most people it is. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. So that just gives a baseline of where you are individually. And then from there, we would go about um, talking about your goals, your wants and needs, and how we would bind those together to create a kind of a protocol, I guess. Um, just like a, like a food plan and a nutrition yeah. plan? Yeah, so some people might need to experiment with like an elimination diet to see mm -hmm. if there's some foods upsetting them. Some people may need to just incorporate more whole foods and um, do a, a blood sugar protocol where they're eating smaller meals throughout the day, making sure there's enough protein and fat in each of those to mm -hmm. keep their blood sugar stabilized. Um, and some people might be experiencing some nutrient deficiencies, so we would add in some supplements, mm -hmm. um, maybe some help with digestion, like some stomach acid or enzymes. Yeah, those, those elimination diets are really interesting. Um, so I'm a big Joe Rogan podcast listener, and oh, yeah. and he he talks to nutritionists and talks to nutrition all the time. And um, he's had this one guy on who's not a nutritionist, but um, Jordan Peterson. He's like a psychologist guy and writes uh -huh. books now, and he's kind of in the I guess you'd call it like the political commentary realm now. Yeah. Um, but him and his daughter had some really bad autoimmune deficiencies, mm -hmm. and so they just tried elimination diet after elimination diet, and they just got like messed up, like. The, the daughter had such bad, like, arthritis as she, when she was a child. She, like, couldn't even get out of bed and, like, had, like, knee replacements by age 15, all because of this autoimmune disorder. Yeah. And they finally found just going full carnivore. So all they eat is T-bone steaks oh. and then water with a lemon. Yeah, I've heard this podcast, actually. All, yeah, yeah, all the time, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't even, like, and they're, like, they look better. They can move. They don't have any, like, soreness. Their arthritis is gone. They're losing weight because it was all they're all inflamed everywhere, mm -hmm. and, and they're just loving loving life now. And it just totally blows my mind that, like, we're told you know eat like you said whole foods that would mean like whole vegetables, fruits, yeah. you know, different types of meats, good carbs, that kind of thing. And that those instances just say uh, for them, screw all that. All you're <laughs> eating is steak, and you're gonna be the healthiest you've ever been. Yeah, isn't that nuts? I think it's carnivore. I've done like a lot of research on that and mm -hmm. I think it's just super controversial because people just are so against it. But yeah. what my thoughts on it are probably that your body's just so compromised from being exposed to so many um, additives and preservatives and toxins that maybe that's all you can tolerate at that point. So it's yeah. like a special case, but yeah, I don't know. It's or maybe to bring it back to that idea of like your ancestors, maybe you know, their tribe was like a carnivore only yeah. tribe or something. And that's what's like showing through. Yeah. It's crazy that it, it would like make sense for a, what we think is us being as us as being omnivores, mm -hmm. that that would just work out. Yeah. And I've heard quite a few podcasts on that. And yeah. 
yeah, it always seems to be really helpful for those few autoimmune diseases, but mm-hmm. probably I wouldn't say it's healthy for yeah, <laughs> anyone to just one. dive into, just specially unique cases where you're really desperate, probably. <laughs> yeah, I love steak as much as anybody, but I would not want to eat it every single meal no. all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't feel I don't feel as good if I'm just eating a shit ton of steak. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel great when I'm eating you know, a good protein source, a bunch of vegetables, and then some good carbs if I'm going to, you know, do a big activity or something. Yeah. That's when I feel the best. And so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you said on the phone when we talked briefly that um, this isn't your full-time gig yet, which is totally cool. That's what Hamas businesses start out. I'm in the same position mm-hmm. with my marketing gig. We have, you know, a few clients that are, you know, paying us monthly, but it's not anything to... Yeah. to be super overjoyed about. Yeah. Um, so do you have like consistent clients you work with like all the time? You're like actively wanting to get more? Like tell me about Yeah, right now from, I just have yeah. a few, um, three clients mm-hmm. uh, right now. I just launched my business in November. Um, so ever since then it's been a lot of trying to market and yeah. um, all that. Uh, I think... For my industry, it's a little bit of, I have to build a lot of trust first before people are willing to commit mm-hmm. to that because it's kind of scary to tell someone everything that's wrong with you and commit to changing your lifestyle. So And, and just being nutrition, like everyone comments about the fat diet these days. Mm-hmm. And so like, like you're probably like really, really well knowledgeable and educated and a trustworthy source for that. But there's so many there's so many voices saying talking about nutrition that yeah. they just need to weed through all that and figure out that you're trustworthy. Yeah, and I think that was one thing I was kind of worried about when I first started. I was thinking there's so many like so much advice out here. Anyone can get on the internet. Anyone can search anything. And the more I get into it and I see with my clients and I talk to my friends and family, it's really that I'm kind of the one clearing up all the confusion Mm -hmm. because there's so much information coming at them that I can be like, hey, look, you don't need all this information coming in. You Mm -hmm. just need to come back to your baselines and I can help you do that and I can help you figure out what works for you and not what everyone else is saying will work for you. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, it it needs needs more of like a personal touch than even though it could be a, a good source on the internet, it's not necessarily fit for that individual yeah and that's where that's probably where a lot of your value comes in is you're just going to look at you know specifically what their issues are what Mm -hmm. they've been eating and what they want to do and then combine all that and give them a real plan yeah right yeah exactly awesome so um you said you lived here in jackson for five years now yeah about five years awesome and january Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost at one year. Oh, March nice. <laughs> March 16th will be the one year anniversary we got here. Um, and it flies by, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially. Well, it flies by in the in the good summer time, and then now we're in the good winter time where it's like full on like snow doing all the activities. But it goes really slow in those shoulder seasons where it's just like you can't really do that much. Yeah, that's true. You kind of just looking out to see like, oh, I don't know, can I? You know, in the spring, it was kind of, we had a late, a really late winter this year. So you couldn't really ski. I didn't have like a flipboard set up yet, so I couldn't go yeah. really into the backcountry. And then, yeah, but in those times, it moves a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Um, so go back to, you know, 
pre five years ago when you moved here. Go to your talk about your first time coming to Jackson. Um, you know whether it was a vacation or or what it was, and talk about what you thought coming here for the first time, the energy you got, what you think of the Tetons, like the whole thing. Like what was your first judgment of of Jackson? Yeah, so I grew up in Idaho Falls, not too far away, and then we always had a cabin in Star Valley Ranch. So oh sweet, always in this area, and we would jump over to Jackson a couple times a year at least just to come hang out, walk around town square, go to the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really vivid memory though of when I was young, probably like five or six. Um, my parents brought me and my sister up and we stayed at the Antler Inn oh, um, yeah. downtown. Yeah. And it was like the funnest, funnest weekend of my life. I don't know why I liked it so much. We didn't do anything that fun. But I just remember vividly thinking, like, I'm going to live here when I grow up. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so that was a really fun memory. Um, but, yeah, we would spend a lot of time here. And then when I got a little older and moved out, um, me and my best friend would come here all the time. We practically lived here. <laughs> and finally, I was just like, why? Why am I driving back and forth? It's time to just, like, make the move and live where I want to live. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then every time I see the Tetons, my breath is taken away, and I don't know how that's still a thing after yeah twenty four years. But I feel the same way. Check out these pictures real quick. Um, I just took these this morning. Oh, it's so beautiful. So we had a crazy sunrise today, um, and I'll I'll post this to my Instagram probably one of these days this week. But it just looks like the top of the Grand is just on fire. It's just a stretch of bright orange that just popped out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was probably about 10 minutes um, that it was visible. And then it was gone. And like now it's kind of gloomy out and, and everything. So it's just like just that flash of just crazy lighting. And mm-hmm. I'll, I've been waking up pretty early lately. And every time I can see like that orange coloring start to come over like, like the Amangani area, I like just... Enough. Kind of. Yeah, like the morning, morning golden hour. Yeah, <laughs> I don't talk about that as much. Um, like I'll just jump in my truck and drive up the road and try to get a good picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still like pinch myself when I'm like walking here just for like it's unbelievable that I that we found this cool of a house and then that we are Jackson residents that yeah. the Jacksonville Mountain Resort is our home hill. You yeah, know, like I can that I can just go. If the Super Bowl isn't on today, I'd probably just like go out and tour in the backcountry somewhere and it'd be like a 20 minute drive. And yeah, there's endless possibilities. Like, yeah. Yeah. Every day's a new adventure if you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so much to do and it's so easy and it's just insane that it's still, and I, it probably will always just still blow me away. Mm-hmm. And that probably is yeah good. It probably means I'm in the right place. Yeah, it's great. I think, yeah. Same yeah. for you that it after five years, it still blows you away. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen them since I was little, so yeah. probably like 24 years, but yeah, they, they're just the most amazing mountains, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, is that a common thing for people in Idaho Falls to move to here? Oh, no. No? Not at all. Yeah, I, didn't think so. I've never, I don't think I've met anybody else that has done that. I think I've known one other person who lived here from Idaho Falls, um, but yeah, it's, it's a different... Definitely a different mindset. Um, it's a lot cheaper in Idaho Falls and just a lot different of a mentality. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's one of the reasons why not too many people move here from here. But yeah, definitely. We almost lived there actually. Um, oh yeah. So Taylor's a nurse, and she interviewed that um, 
or the hospital there. Mm-hmm. They call it East, Eastern Idaho oh, Regional yeah. Medical Eastern Medical Idaho. Center, ERMAC or yeah. something. Um, she interviewed there, and we were like, you know, this could be an opportunity to get us close to Jackson, and it's not expensive. We could, you know, make yeah. weekends out there. And and uh, then I was looking out, like, where could we live on the the like, kind of northeast area there? Yeah. And I'm very thankful that we didn't do that. Yeah. Because the area I was looking at to live in is kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Just to be closer to this direct, there's there's plenty of nice places in Idaho Falls, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a great big city to have, like, or a great decent-sized city to have close enough here where if we need to go to, um, you know, if, if your certain car needs, needs to get a fix mm-hmm. or you need to go to, like, a Walmart or a Target or something like that, you yeah. can go there and, or get any fast food you need there because there's not a lot of fast food here. <laughs> there's, like, every fast food restaurant imaginable yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, but it's really great to have it just, like, kind of at arm's length where we still are on an, in an, on an island here in the valley but mm-hmm. can can use that resource yeah that's one thing i do love is i think it's perfect distance because i still have my family so close i can drive home at any given time but i'm also not at home anymore which Mm -hmm. yeah this is home now yeah yeah and that drive is awesome when you go like along the snake after you go to victor and then that pass and then through swan valley Mm -hmm. that way that's i love that drive it is really pretty and they're getting a Costco, right? Yeah. And I know Falls. Do you know when that'll be done? Um, I should know. My dad's putting the front gate on there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I I think sometime this spring. Awesome. That will make uh, Taylor and I will be going there much more often when, that, <laughs> when that's there. We love Costco. Yeah. Just even though we don't just have us two, but like just to go and get, you know, like a million eggs that'll last us forever or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else we need. Look at that. Looking over at our pantry to see what we could use a Costco run in. <laughs> it's a good place to load up on stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what uh, what sort of things do you like to do here in the Tetons? You said trail running. Do you do you ski or snowboard or? I do ski a little bit. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a summer person, which um, mm-hmm. that's something I'm trying to push myself out of because if I live somewhere where it's winter, um, seven months of the year, eight months of the year, then I yeah. should probably enjoy winter a little more. Um, I'll still go trail running in the winter too, like up cash. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love to trail run. I'm getting into mountain biking, which I really enjoy. Nice. I have skied since I was little. Um, want to get more into like touring. I think I would enjoy that a little more. Uh, my boyfriend is really into snowmobiling, so we're I'm slowly getting into that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Does he go on Teton Pass or does he go up to Telgity? Uh, both. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's something I miss. I used to do that, like, we do it a ton in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I don't have one here, but I've been meaning to get out and, like, rent one for a day and bring my split board and just go up and kind of, like, yeah. snowmobile and snowboard and stuff mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Get all the powder and you don't have all the people around you. Yeah. Yeah, touring. You said you were getting into touring. I just got my that split board set up you saw outside mm-hmm. um, right before Christmas, and it's been so much fun. Just, like, you can just kind of walk anywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's good to get the dogs out. And then, I mean, if you're okay not riding really long lines or a ton of lines or a ton of runs, yeah, it's totally the thing for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you, have, you, have you done any ski touring before? I haven't. Mm-mm. I've done a little bit of boot packing, but... Did you glory. do Mount Glory? Or? I've done Glory before, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fun one. It's, it's, a, it's like a stair stepper 
for an hour mm-hmm. at altitude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the run is good. There's a lot of different runs you can go off the top. And I was like um, seeing all like the pro skiers you see up there. For some reason, glory more than a lot of other backcountry areas. You mm-hmm. see like like I've bumped into like Jimmy Chin a, a handful of times up there. Mark yeah. Carter, like all the TGR guys are there all the time. And I'm like lucky I have goggles <laughs> on because I'm fanboying when I see them. <laughs> Because I know their faces and I've been following their stuff for so long and they're really awesome guys and I'm just trying like, to play oh it gosh, cool. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, oh shit, Jimmy's up here, play it cool. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> you know, just like losing it, losing my mind yeah. inside, but trying to act cool. <laughs> so funny, yeah. It's just probably the accessibility of it. Yeah, I think it's a good training if they're like training for a big trip because it's a steep hike with a good run and it's at altitude, it's probably good for them if they're going to do like some sort of excursion or something. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think where we should go with this now. Let's pause this. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, could you, could you tell us a little story going back to your business? Um, if you can think of like a, a, pay, a client that you've had that, you know, came to you with a really, you know, extreme issue and, and talk about what you did to help them and what their issue was and then how they're feeling now um, and kind of just full circle of, uh, yeah, yeah, tell that story. Yeah. So I had, um, well, I have one client. She came to me because she felt she was eating super healthy, um, but she has Hashimoto's, um, which is oh, auto, yeah. it's an autoimmune disorder that attacks your thyroid. I actually have the same autoimmune disorder, so she related to me on that end. Um, and then she was experiencing a lot of joint pain, which is something that will definitely accompany autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so she she talked about how she tried being vegan and she tried all those fad diets and nothing really seemed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did the knack and went over a few things and it looked like right away that she was experiencing some allergies and also her blood sugar was super crazy out of whack so we just did a couple of minor fixes um dairy and gluten were two major offenders for her so mm-hmm. that was really hard um she didn't want to cut them out but she knew that like she needed to she could feel the difference when she would go a week or two so i had her commit to six weeks and then we also just really um, worked on her blood sugar making sure she was getting enough uh, meals and that they had enough protein fat stabilizing that and actually everything start went so well like with immediately um, within the first month, she went back to the doctor and they lowered her dose of thyroid medicine um, because her, because inflammation was probably the main factor there where she wasn't able to absorb it enough. Um, so they lowered that dose and then um, her joint pain went away as well and she was like feeling a lot more energized and starting to see a little bit of difference in her weight. So that was, That's awesome. yeah, it was really awesome. What does your thyroid do for you? Um, for humans, I mean. Basically, it regulates like your metabolism. Okay. Um, so it produces thyroid hormone, which um, communicates to every cell in your body, and it'll just regulate like temperature, metabolism, um, 
how much energy you have, how well you're able to um, keep weight on or lose weight, just all that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. Um, that's an awesome story. I'm glad you were able to help her out. Um, could you explain for me and the other um, non-nutrition experts mm-hmm. the uh, like what autoimmune disorders like are and oh yeah and I know there's like a bunch of them, right? Different types yeah. and yeah, kind of going go into that because that's something that know the exact number, but there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's something that like everyone talks about when you get into like diet nutrition, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think I have any, so I don't really know how they feel or whatever, and so I don't yeah. really know a lot about them. Yeah, so autoimmune disorder is when your body attacks its own tissues or mm-hmm. organs. Um, autoimmunity is actually in small doses a normal reaction in the human body. Everyone experiences it to small degrees. Um, but what they, one of the theories is behind why autoimmunity begins is because your immune system hasn't been really trained well enough to understand when it's an actual foreign invader and when it's actually your own tissue in your body. So, so does that mean that it's not like maybe totally, uh, you know, random that people get them? Like it could, there, um, there could be things that you, that happened to you or that you do early in life that almost cause it? Yeah. Lead so, to it? um, epigenetics is kind of the main factor which epigenetics is how your genes respond to the environment Mm -hmm. so just because you have a predisposition for developing an autoimmune disease doesn't mean you will develop it Mm -hmm. unless your environment plays along with your genes in order to create that autoimmune disease so a lot of times that has to do with um, diet or toxins too much stress (laughs) sorry maverick (laughs) we're gonna pause here folks maverick needs to be let out Okay, Maverick is back. Come here. He wanted to come be involved in the podcast. He's he has some of his own, some of his own dietary issues, so he thought he should be involved. Yeah. <laughs> um. Word. Um. Autoimmune disorders. Yeah. So, so, to a point, if if you, you know, in your younger years, you could be more prone to them, but if you if there was a way we could, that humans, we could figure out how to like test your immune system mm-hmm. without getting sick all the time, would that like potentially lead to less autoimmune disorders or a less likelihood that someone would get one or develop one? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you had to, you had to like, it's your immune system that can't tell if the stuff your own body is foreign or not. So if you kind of like somehow able to like show your body, like, okay, here's more examples. Here's more examples of foreign stuff. And then that's just, that's your own body. Don't attack that. So it's the hygiene hypothesis is kind of um, what would go along with that. The hygiene hypothesis is saying that we live in too cleanly of an environment Uh where our body isn't exposed to enough bacteria or, or not toxins we have plenty of toxins um (laughs) just like diseases and stuff in order to know how to fight against those so it's kind of like a little military that hasn't really been trained right so yeah yeah that's what i was thinking of Mm -hmm. yeah so that's kind of the hygiene hypothesis behind it all that's why some people will be like oh you should 
There's, Don't wash your there's hands. one study. Well, you should wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> I'm anymore. not supporting that. But there, I was reading in a book, and I wish I could remember the exact numbers behind it. But it was something about how when kids live in a home where the plates are cleaned with a sponge rather than a dishwasher, they're less likely to develop autoimmunity. Um, just because there's a how little do bit, they, How know, do they find that connection? I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, did you... Hey, son, did your mom wash with a dishwasher or a sponge? I don't know. Sponge. Yeah, I'm not sure how they collected that data. But, yeah. <laughs> but just like silly little things like that where there's probably a little more bacteria left behind from the sponge than the dishwasher. So. Yeah, there probably is a little bit of something to that, to the hygiene theory, just for like getting sick more. Because mm-hmm. um, we are in a pretty, you know, bleached society or bleached, yeah. what would you call that? Infrastructure. Like everything, like you're cleaning with all these, you know, cleaning solutions that are that are just disinfecting everything, even though you need yeah. a le- some level of that to keep your immune system strong. Yeah, and also antibiotics are another key player as well, because they kind of just clear out all your good, good and bad bacteria. So yeah, then you're kind of left with nothing to protect you. So, do you get into um, like gut biome the, stuff? Yeah, the microbiome. Microbiome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not a, not a nutrition expert. I just hear tag words, and that's what I'm trying to fill in. Yeah. Um, yeah, the microbiome is a really cool part of our body. Yeah. I get into, um, sometimes I'll buy kimchi from, like, the grocery store, uh-huh. and that shit is so good. Like, yeah. Like, throw that in with, like, the regular vegetable stuff that you would eat, and then you just get, like, that little bit of boost of, like, yeah, you know, I my kind of, I, I just say my insides feel better, like, a few <laughs> days after I eat that, because everything's... Yeah. Working better with more probiotics. Yeah. That's that's like really important though, right? Oh, yeah. Probiotic, probiotic stuff. Yeah. Um, your stomach microbiome kind of controls everything. There's such a strong connection between your gut and your skin, your gut and your brain, you know, your gut and your general health. So mm-hmm. it's really important to take care of that. Um, there's a little bit of there's, – there's still like a lot of science that needs to be done on the yeah. microbiome. As far as if eating probiotics is the answer, I've been taking like a spore probiotic, which is a little different, and I've noticed a huge difference with that. Actually, that's one of the few things that one of the few supplements where I'm like, wow, like that makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. Do you ever uh, have you ever tried doing those uh, athletic greens or whatever they're called? Athletic greens. It's I'm like a. Sure. I'll, I'll grab some. Um. So. They're just like a green powder. Haley takes it. Um, that. Sorry, audience. Alright, athletic greens. Ultimate daily for most complete supplement for a better you. You just like, it's like a bunch of vegetables, I guess, ground up into a powder. Oh, oh, it's major. made in New Zealand. I lived in New Zealand. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Richard thinks that the, the greens are a good snack. Oh, yeah. Because of the crinkly, the crinkly um, wrapper. <laughs> oh, where are we at? <laughs> you, are, you, are you cool with dogs? Yeah, I love dogs. Bridger is now basically on her lap. <laughs> <laughs> We're best friends, huh? um, Yeah, it seems like an awesome Yeah, so that's one of the supplements that Taylor takes, and that helps with, like, with her digestion. Yeah, that's great. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. Yeah. It's got some adaptogens, some antioxidants... Yeah, it's got some probiotics and a bunch of vitamins and minerals. That's awesome. Yeah. So you never I've heard of that? I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. I, take it, I take it every once in a while. But, uh, 
How does it taste? Like you're eating dirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you just chug it down real quick, then it's then it's over quickly. Yeah. All right, boys, come here. <laughs> lay down. Where'd you lay down? Lay down. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So you lived in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. What yeah. city or what near what city? Um, I kind of traveled around the whole North and South Island. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, um, yeah. What What so brought my, you there? Um, it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, me and my ex boyfriend went there. He was a fly fisherman, and I just loved to hike and backpack. Mm. And that's actually where I really started getting into trail running. Um, yeah. Did you live near the mountains, or is is the whole thing mountains, or what's the? So the North there? Island is like a little more jungly, I would say. Mm. Um, and then the South Island is very mountainous. It reminded yeah. me a lot of Jackson, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but we spent a lot of time um, around like Arthur's Pass, Wanaka. Um, yeah, those are very mountainous areas. Yeah, awesome. Did you do a lot of skiing there? Oh, know? we were there in the summer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You just stayed the summer. Awesome. Yeah. Did you ever feel like you were like running through uh, Lord of the Rings world when you were doing your trail running there? Yeah, that's a where they bit. filmed it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a very cool area, and there wasn't any bears or anything like that. So just a shit ton of sheep, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sheep. That's everywhere. a thing. And then, don't they have like elk farms too? They do. It's yeah. like the one place in the world where elk farming for like food is legal. I think. I oh, I don't know about that, but yeah, they yeah. definitely farmed it for food. So. Yeah, it's one of the few places, and I always get confused because yeah, at Albertsons they have that section that's like the wild game stuff. Uh-huh. And it's a company here that sells like elk stuff, but I had always read that New Zealand, any elk you buy in a grocery store is from New Zealand, uh-huh. but they always say here, and maybe it's, you know, I thought maybe a couple companies are just allowed to take, harvest some of the elk from the refuge or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. Do you ever get down into the refu- into the elk refuge and just kind of like walk or drive around and check the elk out? Sometimes. That's yeah. my favorite thing lately. Just get my camera out there and they're kind of like all over the other day the other day um we were back kind of by where those houses are in the refuge mm-hmm. and out of nowhere like probably like 400 elk just come around one of these little hills and they're just like running right next to the truck oh really it was so crazy yeah, yeah and so- you don't i don't know why i never like think about how big they actually are until they're yeah. next to me and then i realize you are huge yeah i think these might have been like the younger ones of the herd because there's not many antlers not many big antlers and then we were out by like where the sleigh rides are and there were some massive antlers on those guys so i don't know if these are just like kids club or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah so funny awesome um so is there anything else you like doing in the mountains what do you what other mountain areas have you been to in america or around the world um One of my favorite places ever is the Wind River Range. Oh yeah, I gotta yeah. get, to, I gotta go there. Yeah, that's I love backpacking through there. It's. Do you like drive from here? Would you just go south to like Pinedale or something and get in that way? Yeah, or what's you can go Pinedale or you can go Lander. Uh-huh. Or, well, yeah, Lander and then Du Bois. I believe I don't remember. Du Bois is <laughs> yeah, that's farther north. That's like north. That's the other side of Toby Pass. 
Okay, yeah, there's there's two different ways to reach them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know why exactly I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I love that um, a lot of our mountain areas are just, like, national forests areas, so they're kind of just, like, no rules. Yeah. Like, not as many rules as the national parks. You can, like, bring dogs in. Like, if you wanted to, like, you know, shoot guns out in the wilderness, you could. You could go hunt. You can snowmobile. You can do whatever. And I, li- I tended recently to, like, the national forests more than the parks. It's just, like, yeah. more freedom. I agree. And there's not as many people, too, which you can yeah. find some more solitude. Yeah. So much of the national parks now is just, like, yes, it's a beautiful natural area. And, the, you know, the Grand is amazing to look at and be right under. And the lakes, they're really cool. But it's, like, you're, you're like they're almost taking away the rugged the rugged aspect of it by yeah. making it so easy for for people to go into mm-hmm. like all the really nice paved roads and a bunch of parking lots and all like the you know the buildings the visitor centers the restaurants all that stuff is kind of for me it takes away from why so. you're even there yeah i think so and i think it also gives people kind of a skewed idea about it where yeah I, don't, I think it's important to realize it's nature and it's powerful and mm-hmm. you have no control over it. And that's one thing I love about it is just being in those areas and being like, I, I'm i so powerless right now. I'm so small, yeah. but like that's such yeah. a good feeling too. Yeah, every summer when we see the headlines of people that either got like mauled by a bison, mauled by an elk, they drop, jumped into a geyser yeah. or something. It's like, what? where do you think you are? I think it's like a zoo or something. Yeah, they think yeah. it's like Bridger walking down the road. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's a bison. He will mess you up. Yeah. That's like a truck driving by that wants to hit you. Yeah. And they put their kids on the stuff. It's, I don't know if like, they do as good of a job as they can, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Talking about, like, don't mess with the animals, stay far away. Yeah. These are real wild, wild animals. So I don't know if there's some sort of educational thing they could do to, to help with that, but it seems like every year there's more and more stories like that. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite things from bartending in this town is the stories I'll get sometimes. Like, one yeah. time someone asked me if the bear spray, if they spray it on themselves. Oh, <laughs> like, my God, like, like bug, bug spray. spray. <laughs> what in the world? I was like, you should, no, you, you should definitely not spray it on yeah, yourself. <laughs> you need to cut them off. No more drinks for that person. Yeah. Jeez. Like, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. God, I need to, one of these days, not one of these days, in the spring probably, I should go just to some corner of the wilderness and actually try spraying my bear spray. Because I have it. I always carry it with me. But yeah. I've never sprayed it, so I don't actually know what it'd be like. It's true. I've never... They have, like, right? the practice ones you can get that are supposed to oh, build just the same, but they don't actually spray the um, pepper spray out, so... Oh, it's just, like, some sort of other fluid? That yeah, I think it's just air. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. Then. Yeah. Because we've... Like, everyone here, you see bears plenty of times. Like, um, <laughs> I've actually... One day, we're on Phillips Ridge. I was mountain biking. Uh-huh. And do you ever hiked up there? Or ran yeah, up there? I go running all the time up there. Yeah. So you know where you get up in the power line and the road is kind of crisscrossing? Yeah. It's up in there and there's tr- big pine trees on the sides and the boys were with me and they just like went into the brush like they always do if they see a squirrel or something. Uh-huh. And then out of nowhere, a black bear just shoots up the tree. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Boys, come here. And they came back and I got up my spray and I'm just like sitting here like holding it, hands shaking. So I'm just like, fuck. Because it was so close and like right in the tree. I was sitting watching it in the tree and I was like, shit, do I try to go down 
yeah. or do I let it go? Yeah. Um, and then I sat there, stayed in like the road area so I could, you know, didn't want to get into the brush and be ambushed or something like that. Yeah. Because it didn't look full grown. It looked like maybe like a year old. So he was on his own, but not, um, not full grown. So eventually he or she, I don't know which one it was, but came down from the tree and like went down. And then I saw where I was going was like where the mountain bike trail goes down. Uh-huh. So I was like, shit, now I'm trapped up here. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> so I eventually just like kind of made my way down, kept the bear spray out until I got to the truck. Uh-huh. And yeah, that so that's my bear story. Moments like that are so scary. <laughs> yeah. You guys treat a bear. Yeah. Some dogs will tree raccoons and squirrels. But these dogs yeah, will treat a black bear. <laughs> what happened probably was Maverick thought it was a friend. Oh. Maverick thinks every animal is his friend. So he went over to say hi mm-hmm. and see if he wanted to be friends. And Bridger, then Bridger came over and probably scared the bear because he looks like a wolf. Right, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, those moments are so scary because you think you'll never need the bear spray. Yeah. Oh, I just have it just in case until you're like, oh, crap. Face to face with one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one night I went for a run up Snow King and I knew it was too late to be going. So I was like, I'll just go halfway up. Um, and of course, I didn't have anything with me. I didn't have like a headlamp. I didn't have bear spray. I mean, it's just Snow King. I'm fine, whatever. Yeah. But I get halfway up and then like my stubborn brain is like, no, you should keep going all the way to the top. <laughs> so I get all the way to the top and it's fine. Like it's sunset when I'm at the top. But when I come down, it's like pitch black. Yeah. And I'm going down the trail, whatever. It's fine. I see some eyes on the side of the trail. They're just staring at me, and I'm just thinking it's a deer or something. That's so. eerie. I'm like, whatever. I'm, like, kind of yelling at the deer, like, letting them know I'm coming so I don't sneak up on him. And then I keep getting closer. The deer's not moving. And all of a sudden, the deer just crouches down. I'm like, oh, you're not a deer. <laughs> and I was like, what are you? Like, what crouches? Are you a wolf or a coyote? Probably just a coyote. But in my mind, I'm like, this wolf is going to eat me. <laughs> oh, man. And so I, like, started backing back up the trail and, like, just, like, went straight down the hill. Like, I scared up a bunch of elk. And oh. I didn't have, like, all I had was my phone light. I couldn't see anything. I was like, if I make it back to my car, it's like... <laughs> And now looking back, it wasn't that big of a deal. But in the moment, I was like, God, why do I not have bear spray? <laughs> yeah. Did, was it a coyote? Did you, could you tell what it was? I never found out, no. Because I only asked because every time I, like, would tell someone around here, like, yo, I was up, you know, like, whatever the canyon's called, kind of behind Snow King uh-huh. or on that ridge. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's mountain lion territory. So, like, oh, that yeah. could have been if it was, like. I don't know if Mountain Lion's eyes, well, it's a cat, well, so their the eyes would reflect. the only reason I don't think it was a coyote was because it, it was standing pretty tall. Like, I thought it was a deer. Oh, yeah. So when it crouched, I, I don't know. It seemed like it might have been too big to be a coyote. Yeah. <laughs> and most coyotes, if they're on their own, would be scared of you. They're pretty, they're cowards. Yeah. Unless they have friends, and then they get a little bit more brave. But yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> Never thought about the fact that it could have been a mountain lion. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. Did you see that mountain lion that was above Maverick? Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw that. That was crazy. That was wild. I was wondering, I was trying to figure out, like, so I know they're back, you know, behind Snow King. Mm-hmm. And that was on High School Butte. So I wonder if he, like, that one hangs out there or, like, randomly decided to cross. Went for a little adventure. Cross the highway to get there. Because for the people who don't know Jackson or where that is, High School Butte is, like, surrounded by, um, the high school and the middle school, obviously, and a bunch of houses and neighborhoods and um, bike, path. bike paths, main road, the highway that goes south of town. And to get from, yeah, he would have to cross from like the, where the major wilderness is to get to this area. Yeah. 
people were freaking out because it was right above one of the gas stations in town and you could just get a great view of sitting in the, the cat just sitting there under a tree. Yeah, it was so scary. <laughs> Is one animal I do not want to mess with ever. Yeah. <laughs> cats are weird because they're like little house cats are like the same thing, but they're just little. Like yeah. they would totally we for some reason we've trained dogs how to out of wolves, how to sit, stay, take a treat out of my hand, like Bridger's sitting on my lap right now. Yeah. Like getting pet. <laughs> and he's a big snuggler, but we for some reason humans haven't really like been able to fully domesticate cats. They're yeah. still crazy. Yeah, they they're Which not still all right in the brain. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> like that instinct just isn't won't go away. Like they'll still mouse hunt. They'll still do whatever. That's mm-hmm. super weird that we can do it to one animal that came from a wolf, but not that animal that also came from a badass predator. Yeah, yeah. I think dogs are just a little more loyal and like a little. Yeah. They're like big babies, kind of. Yeah. I think cats. When I look at them, I kind of think they're like. They look like they're like on acid all the time or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, what's they're going like, on? They're just like, what? What? They're looking around. Yeah. yeah. Cats are crazy. Yeah. Maverick, uh, my parents back in Minnesota, they have four cats in their house. Uh-huh. And there's three of them that are like siblings. And Maverick loves to chase them. He never hurt any of them. He just likes to chase. Uh-huh. And one day he, we're just like at the house. I'm actually getting ready to leave. And I just hear this big crashing noise upstairs. And then I hear Maverick yelling, and Maverick's a husky, so he just was super vocal and like yells, like it sounds like a human. Yeah. They run up there, and Maverick must have been invest- like trying to find one of the cats, and they ambushed him, and so he was in a corner, and they were like, cor- they cornered him, and they were like hissing and like pawing at him, and he was just like in the corner, like, ah! Ah! <laughs> Mav, that's what he gets though. Did he get attacked by the cats? Yeah. He did. He was so scared. <laughs> scary yeah yeah on that that uh, thought about uh, like domesticating dogs so I, read, I had this book that I read called um, once a wolf uh-huh. that um, talks about kind of the genetic <laughs> genetic story of like and the real life story of like how <laughs> how humans and wolves um, evolved together oh. co-evolved I guess is what they say and they tell a story based on like fossils they found and like footprints and like cave paintings and all these things about like what they think the first moment where wolves and wolves and humans work together mm-hmm. to like start the path of like now we have dogs sitting on the couch with us. Yeah. And it is so nuts how they were just like like we were just we were hunting like big um like they're basically giant cows in, in Eastern Europe back mm-hmm. then. They're like bigger than what we would call a cow and earlier. Yeah. So we were, we were, wolves and humans would both be hunting them. Yeah. And we somehow realized, like, we'll let the wolves chase them around to get them tired. We will just have our spears and kill it. And then we'll give um, scraps and, and things to the wolves. And that started it. And then the wolves realized, okay, these humans oh, will at least give us a little bit, so we'll hang around them. Oh, that's cool. And then cool. it kept progressing farther and farther until they just, the wolves would just hang out in, the, in our camps. And then, you know, there was probably some point where we started, they started liking being pet or something. Yeah. And then we started, you know, breeding them the way we wanted them for certain traits. And then eventually the uh, freaking wolf evolved all the way into a chihuahua or a, like a little Maltese <laughs> or something. That still freaks me out. Like, I don't know how that happened. 
Yeah, yeah. I see like like Bridger next to one of those little dogs, and I'm like, okay, Bridger pretty much looks like a wolf, and he really looks like him turned into that after yeah. like thousands of years of selective breeding. It's crazy. And it was just it's um, just for like little traits, like you know, this wolf is nicer than that wolf. We'll let the nice wolf breed, yeah. and then and then this early dog has a better seems to have a better a more powerful nose or something. Mm-hmm. We'll breed that one for hunting. And then this early dog is a higher propensity for pulling a sled or something. Yeah. Or like this dog is good at protecting our kids and is like very family oriented around that little kid. So we'll just let him breed. Yeah. And though that over and over and over again has now given us the breeds that we see today. Yeah. And even them are constantly changing. If you look at like a German shepherd in like the twenties and dog shows, um, they had like a level back pretty much. And for some reason, the dog show started liking their tailbones, like curling down at the end. Oh. So then they started breeding dogs with shorter back legs. Oh. And so now German shepherds, you'll see have like their back from their, their shoulders will like go slope down to their tail, oh, which crazy. has led to hip issues. Yeah. So like even in that amount of time, a hundred years isn't that long in evolutionary times, but you can see changes in the breed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really wild for me not having like any sort of science background. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that's nuts. Yeah. Right, buddy? How did it happen? Yeah. And then Bridger went and reversed the whole thing. Um, most of my audience knows this, but he's a wolf dog. So he's, oh, he's part wolf. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So he's husky, Malamute, German Shepherd, and like 10% Timberwolf. Wow. So then he jumps back in time and says, no, I'm a real animal. Right, buddy? Going back to my ancestors. Yeah. Very big sweetheart for being a wolf. He is. He's really tired. They, when he can get, you know, having all the breeds he has in him, he can get a little antsy if he doesn't get good exercise. But yesterday we were out split boarding on the Teton Pass, so uh, that's why they're so tired. Yeah. And they're totally. I love. I. I mean, I got Bridger for doing that kind of stuff and being out in the snow in the wilderness. But I just love that. I don't really have to worry about them on big hikes or big flipboard treks. Yeah. Because his. All his parts of him, the wolf, is made to, you know, walk around Yellowstone mm-hmm. all day, every day, and live outside. Yeah. The Malamute and the Husky are meant to pull things in the snow and the cold in the Arctic. And then the German Shepherd is, you know, the super loyal, all the stuff that they do. So I never have to worry about, like, their paws or them being cold. I mean, I'll give them water and everything and, like, make sure, you know, basic stuff. But They're I never have to. For it. Yeah. Even in the harshest weather on top of glory or anything. Awesome. So we, I think we should wrap this up. We're getting right about 54 minutes. We should shoot for about an hour here. Um, so if there's sort of like a, a parting, something that you'd like to say about your business or uh, tell the people where they can find you on Instagram or your website, you know, um, tell them that. Yeah. So Instagram, it's maddie.miller6. And my website is Naturally Wild Nutrition. Um, There you can find things about how to book a session with me or a little bit about my story. Um, Yeah. What? um, So obviously, we support people here in in town, like Mm -hmm. Jackson Victor, probably down in the in the Hoback and Alpine area. But is there any other? Is there stuff you can do for people who aren't necessarily in this area? Yeah. So um, I'm also. Looking to work with people in Idaho Falls as well. Um, And then I can work online uh, via Skype, or not Skype, uh, Zoom, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can do those same sessions online. 
it's a little bit different. Um, in person, as a nutritional therapist, I have a special skill set where we can do different touch points on the body that are just correlated with different lymphatic tissue that'll give us a reading on if a supplement might be working for you better than if it, like, if you should use that, or maybe it's not really in your favor. Um, online, obviously, we can't do that, but it's not, it's no reason to sway away from it, so. Yeah, and uh, what are some things uh, that women could be feeling that would be a, a, a trigger to say, you know, contact you, get in touch with you, let's see how you can help? Yeah, um, so if you suffer from, like, PMS, mood swings, um, maybe you're missing periods or having like excessive bleeding, um, chronic acne, fatigue, maybe you feel like um, you're just really putting in your all for um, training and not seeing the improvements you would wish mm -hmm. to see. Um, or if you are just struggling a little bit with digestion or you just think you could definitely optimize your health in those ways. Um, yeah, awesome. That reminds me, that was something I wanted to ask. Since you're focused on the hormone side, is it a lot related to your to women's menstrual cycles then? Yeah. A lot of what you do? Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of teaching about menstrual cycle, about the different phases, how that ties in with training and which foods you should eat during those times, mm -hmm. what kind of like focus you should have in life. Sometimes they're meant to set personal records, and other times they're meant to take it a little more easy and look inwards. So. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah, awesome. So I won't get into that at all because <laughs> I know nothing about, very little about that. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, that's an episode. And yeah, check, check Maddie out on Instagram or on our website if you have any um, nutrition-related concerns. Thanks, everyone.